this morning, uh, for a second time in this house in the last few months, um, my son Anthony is going to be is going to be preaching. Amen. Uh, I was intrigued because I got a got one of those online notices that actually the first time uh, uh, one year ago this weekend uh, I had traveled to Mississippi and uh, preached. In, you might remember I preached in the church where I where I first began to preach in 1977. Uh, so I was celebrating 40 years of, of preaching ministry. And I celebrated that with them. I took Anthony with me on that trip. And on that night, he got up for the first time and, and, and preached to a small group that was, that was in that church, Mount Pisgah Baptist Church. And then, of course, on Mother's Day, he, he, he gave the word. And when we were getting ready to go to Voice of the Apostles, I said, Anthony, um, we're going to, we fly in at five o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday. Anything could happen. Be ready to preach. And um, then as the week progressed, actually pretty early in the week, I said, no, just go ahead and preach whether we get there or not. And... Um, so this morning, after we receive our offering, it is a, a privilege and an honor uh, to release my son into his destiny. Um, I'm very tempted. I didn't do it, but I'm very tempted because in 2015, Kim Moss uh, spoke a word of prophecy over him at our, at our conference, um, our first cohort conference. And uh, at the time, he didn't want anything to do with that word. Like zero, right? Nothing. But wonderfully, this week, Nikki pulled that old word up and sent it to him. And after he preached last night, Gail and I sat in the bed, wept as we listened to the words that Kim spoke over him that at the time for him were noise and at the time for us were on a shelf we couldn't reach. But the Father has done this and it's marvelous in our eyes. And so this morning, we're stepping further in to um, a future where he, not only this voice, but many other voices are going to be released out of this house. So, Father, I thank you that the word has been spoken that our sending capacity is greater than our seating capacity. And I thank you, Father, that you send prophets to us who mystify us, but give us hope. And I thank you, Father, to be able to walk a long path and see that the word of the Lord is sure and that you still put your word in the mouth of the prophets, and they still bring the future into the present. We rejoice, Father, in the providence of your good hand, of the kindness of your mercy, and the sureness of your purposes in this earth. We long for the kingdom of God to reign from shore to shore, coast to coast, sea to sea, land to land, nation to nation, language to language, that the whole earth would be filled with the knowledge of the Lord. And we raise up a generation unto that end. And we bring our gifts, our tithes, and our offerings, but we have first brought ourselves. And so we present ourselves unto you and to the Word of God, which is able to build us up and give us an inheritance. And we receive this morning our inheritance in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Good morning. <clears throat> How are you guys today? It's good to be here. I get, I get so jazzed up when I speak and I like to pace around, but my mom says I kind of made her dizzy last night, so I'm going to try to contain myself. We'll see how that works out. 
I I just get excited. I love I love church. I love seeing you guys. I love being here. Uh, you know, Saturday and Sunday to me it's a celebration of the week to be here with my family. Ethan, thank you for that word on family. Uh, man, if you need an electrocution of the Holy Spirit, just talk to Ethan. He will, he'll he'll uh, he'll defibrillate you. <laughs> I love him, and I love walking with him and, and as my brother, and, and, I, and I like to brag on him because when they all left, they said, you're in charge of the service. I said, well, what if you don't get back in time? Uh, I'll just prepare everything. Hope, hopefully, you will be back. But I said, I really want Ethan to do my transitions because uh, I'm, you have to understand that this kid has an anointing and a gift and a passion for the Lord that excites me. And it makes me love, love this church. The church is the bride of Jesus. The Bible tells us the church is his bride. And, and uh, to love Jesus, you have to love what he loves. And he loved the church. So, so I tell Christians who say, well, I just, I mean, I, like, I love Jesus, but I just don't like going to church. I don't like organized church. And I say, well, you, you're missing it. You don't get it. Because in order to love Jesus, you love what he loves. And he loves the church. And I love all the churches I, I really loved the fact that we had an 11 o'clock service during Balloon Fiesta because it meant that I could wake up early and check out an 8.30 service at the Baptist church I grew up in. And I just loved it there. And although I may not like to worship like they worship or I may not agree with every point, I know that Jesus goes there. And I love, and I love, to, be, and I love to be there because I, I love the church and I love this church. This is my home. This is my family. Um, I laugh because I don't, I don't have a wife and I, and I don't have a, a love interest in my life. And, and I asked the Lord about these things and he just laughs at me. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what he tells me, he just says, he says, Anthony, I taught you how to love yourself and I'm teaching you how to love my church and we'll worry about other things when it's time. And, uh, Jeremy Ortiz, thank you for that prophecy, by the way. That meant a lot to me. He spoke a word about that to me months ago, and I've carried that with me. Um, so what are we talking about? What are we talking about here at New Life City? Breakthrough. What are the prophets telling us? Breakthrough is coming. Breakthrough is here. What do we do with that? Heaven broke through 2,000 years ago, Right. So what does that breakthrough, what does a breakthrough look like? How do we get breakthrough? And, and my friend Colleen tells me, breakthrough comes by doing something different. And breakthrough also comes by allowing yourself to be broken. You guys ever let God just break you? You ever surrendered so much and just let him break you in half? I have. I'll tell you, it's a wonderful thing. I'll tell you, it, it sounds hard. And sometimes life has to break us. But if you allow God to break you, we get breakthrough. So I asked the Lord, I said, what, what, what do we talk about? How do I make this? How do I make this practical? How do I make this teachable? And he said, you have to teach your church how to pray. And I said, okay, well, okay, what do you mean? How to teach me how to pray, Lord? And, and the disciples asked Jesus that question. Um, and what did Jesus say? So we go to Matthew 6, verse 9 through 13. When you pray, pray this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, as it is in heaven. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those in debt to us. And of course, I've read a million translations, so I keep saying it differently every time. But do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Like I said, I've read that in every Bible I could find to see. And so it's all mixed up in my head, but it's the same message. And and so there you go. 
I taught you guys how to pray. Aren't you, aren't you glad? That's it. That's it. Um, we got a lot of stuff to do today, so I mean, you guys, I guess you guys can go. No. Um, I wanted to dig dig into every every verse, and I wanted to dig into that entire passage, and I wanted to ask the Lord, what are you what are you saying? Because this isn't religious ritual to me to say these words. Although I do respect those who pound this into their heart. Our Christian brothers who just, who just memorize these words. Because sometimes when you just pound something into your heart, you say it over and over again, sometimes you end up in a situation where you don't know what to do and you don't know what to do. You just go back to what you know. And if the word is all you know, then that's, what you, that's what's gonna come out of you, right? And so... I read these words and I write them on my heart, but I also believe that, that all of this is alive in me today. This, this whole word is alive. Everything in this Bible, this, is, this was written to me. It was written to you. And uh, as much as this is a weapon and we like to use it for a weapon of judgment, this is my, my manual and this is my, this is my key to God's heart. If I want to know what's on God's mind, I, I go here. If you have trouble hearing from God and lately, man, he's been waking me up in the middle of the night. He's been waking me up with verses and dreams and he's been waking me up and, and, and it's a wonderful thing for God to speak to you, to me like that. But he speaks to me in these ways because I hunger for him and I chase after him and his words are right here. So if you say the Lord doesn't speak to you, open this up and ask him questions. And ask me questions, I'll point you where to go. And ask, ask those around you that you trust in ministry. I've had the fortune of calling so many fantastic people in my life this week, uh, great um, pastors from around the country. Uh, I'm fortunate being my father's son, they answer my phone calls and, and, uh, and that's an honor that they give me because of my father and that's my inheritance and I walk in that. But I call them and I say, tell me what this means. And I was filled with wonderful, wonderful passages and wonderful knowledge from pastors, like I said, all over the country that spoke to me. And, and the Lord speaks to me because I chase him because he's been chasing me for so long. More like I just stopped running our Father who art in heaven, our Father. Dad, I have a little boy. When my son says, Dad, all other voices are quiet and still, right? When, you're, when your child says, Mom, Dad, Father, all other noise goes away. My dad's a particularly hard man to reach. Um, a lot of people want his time, and, and so his phone rings a lot, but he doesn't really answer it too much. <laughs> and he's got about 2,000 unchecked emails. <laughs> but if I call my dad, you bet he answers every time. His ear changes, and he lends his ear to me, and so we say, Father, and he listens to us. And we get to have real conversation with him. I talk to him all the time. A lot of times he's pretty funny. Um, but all of the time he's loving. And all the time he, he, loves, he loves me like I love my son, like my father, my earthly father loves me. And we say, hallowed be thy name. We begin with recognizing the holiness of God. We begin with recognizing the greatness, the sacred nature of his promises. Hallowed be thy name. How often do you just say that? And that's one of the things I love church because we stand here in front and we proclaim the, the glory of the Lord. And that's just most of what we sing is just how great thou art, how, how amazing you are, Lord. Hallowed be thy name. How holy, how sacred are you? But I'm telling you, I do it everywhere in my life. I, um, 
I love, I love living near the mountains. When I was working in construction and I was working on rooftops, one of my favorite things to do, excuse me, was to get up on top of the roof at least once a day and admire the view and just say, hallowed be thy name, Lord. Look at the greatness of your creation. We move to different parts of the country, you know, because some people move, they love the mountains. Some people move because they want to be by the ocean. Some people move where it's cold, where it's warm. All of that is recognizing the glory of creation and where the Lord speaks to you and how the Lord speaks to you and the, and the greatness. And we, and we say, hallowed be thy name. I teach the children. I teach the youth. I, I, I often say, well, it's, it's an honor to be chosen to come up here and, and speak. And, and it's an honor that, that I'm trusted with this pulpit. But it's the greatest honor in my life and in my ministry is when I get to teach the youth because the glory of the Lord is on them. The greatness of God resides in our youth, especially our kids here at New Life City. If you ever get a chance to pour into them, I'm telling you, they are prophets, they are healers, they walk in authority of the gifts of God, and I see the glory of God in their faces when I get to teach them. And they're hungry. They're so hungry for the Lord. And I think to myself sometimes, what if something I give to them raises them up and they change culture and they change the world? Wouldn't that be the greatest honor? And I say, hallowed be thy name. Look how great the things you can do. Um, (laughs) One of the little boys that comes here, he's almost seven. I've known him since he was born. And I said, are you happy to be here? And he said, yeah, it's the best day of the week. Yeah. Six years old. And I said, yeah, it is, man. This is like a celebration of the week. And he said, and we get to celebrate God. (laughs) And I said, I'm preaching today. Would you pray for me? (laughs) And he did. And he gave me a wonderful prayer. And that's our kingdom kids here at New Life City. We raise them up. We raise them up that by the time they get to Colleen, she just releases them. She, she teaches them how to walk in what they've been given and releases them into prophecy, into healing, into, into evangelism, and they're really good at it. Anyway, that's, what, that, that's where I start. Hallowed be thy name. That's where we start the prayer, right? Thy kingdom come. What is, what is the kingdom like? I called so many people this week. And I I asked them, thy kingdom come. What does the kingdom of God look like to you? What does it mean to you? And and I got a different answer from so many people. Um, I I originally called my friend Josh Farley. I met Josh in Texas a couple weeks ago. And Josh just got up and gave a message to a bunch of pastors. He's 25 years old. And he said, this generation knows about Jesus. We've preached about the door, but do we ever tell them what's behind the door? We tell them about the kingdom. They already know about Jesus and they've rejected him. So why don't we show them kingdom? But I mean, do we have a grasp on that, on what it is? Jesus came and taught us the kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of heaven is like that. The kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. And then Jesus died and now he sits upon the throne of the kingdom and released the authority uh, for us and, and the ability that if you were born again to be born into the kingdom, and see things with your kingdom eyes. So what does that mean? What's practical about that? And I study this and I pray this and, and, and my friend Josh says, well, it just starts with love, right? How simple, we all know this, but how, how hard is it to walk through? Jesus came with two commandments that he really cared about. Uh, love your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. And so I call my pastor friends and I say, well, wow, okay, what does that mean? And they tell me, in all that you do, speak life into people. Carry life with you. You know, I, 
I think, hallowed be thy name, and sometimes I praise and praise and praise until I can reach heaven, because I know it's broken through, and I know it's down until I can grab the garment, praise so hard that I get a hold of his garment. When I get it, I don't let go. And when I do that, I can go into the world, because I love the world. I hate sin. I love sinners. And I go into the world, and God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And so I go into the world and I speak life into people and I carry that garment in one hand. So as my right hand is in in the world, working and speaking and, and praying and ministering, my left hand is still tightly grasped to the garment. And I think about that and I carry that with me and I look at people in the world and I don't view them as evil. I view them as broken. I view them. I had a great pastor in, uh, that when I was um, doing mission work with Danny and Logan, a pastor in Myanmar would say, he is not believer yet. <laughs> and everyone, he is believer, he is believer, he is not believer yet. He'd say it right in front of them. <laughs> He'd declare that they were coming. <laughs> and, I, and I look at people in the world and I think, there's potential in you, Right? There's still a chance for you. Maybe, uh, maybe you have to be broken a little bit more to get your breakthrough. But I tell them they matter. And I speak life into them and I tell them that I love them. Steve Grant, you're, you matter to me, sir. Your son stands up here. He is your legacy and he, and he exhorts my church and he's my guy. And he's your son and you matter and redemption is coming and reconciliation is coming for you and all that you love. It's kingdom. Tell people what you see and view them through kingdom eyes. And keep your hand on the garment. Stay close to the love of Christ. I was... I was, you know, after I preached last night, I was exhausted, but I promised some friends I'd go sing karaoke. <laughs> so I did. I went and I sang and I ran into people that knew me and, and people that they, they see me now and, and they, uh, they see how different I am than, than I was two years ago or five years ago or whenever they used to run with me. And they see, they see how God has changed my life and they, you know, they see that I'm drinking Coca-Cola and have, still having a blast, but but they see that I'm, I am a, I'm so positive and encouraging and having fun. And, and then they want to talk to me and they say, well, what's going on? And I said, well, I preached, I preached tonight. I, I preached a sermon at church. And they said, what did you preach on? And I said, I, I taught people the Lord's Prayer. And my friend, uh, he was a little, a little uh, intoxicated and he was a little goofy to begin with. He says, but he says, can you teach me? And I said, yeah. So I taught him the prayer. And he said, I think I felt something. <laughs> yeah, I think you did too, man. That's, that, that, that's the Holy Spirit. And another gal comes up to me and she goes, oh, I just love that song you sang. You know, that was a song that was a friend of mine and he died just three days ago. And I got to talk to her about that. And I got to, and she said, by the end of it, she just said, you know, thank you. You just made, you made my night. Just, I looked at her through kingdom eyes. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I got a good lesson on this one, uh, a personal lesson. I received a good lesson from the Lord. Um, thy will be done. I, uh, I had this situation that I was just praying for and I needed closure in a situation and I needed to let go of a situation and I needed help from the Lord. We need help from the Lord in all we do, right? And... Uh, so I, I went to, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I went to bed. And I, when I went and I, when I woke up, the Lord said, Romans 5.3 is your answer. Wow, okay. 
That doesn't happen too often. I just like, that was, it was clear as day, Romans 5.3. So I, I went to Romans 5.3, and not only this, but we are also to exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope, a hope that does not disappoint. And I was like, that has nothing to do with what I prayed about, God. <laughs> I'm praying about closure. You're teaching me about perseverance. Thanks, I'll meditate on that. But no, that doesn't really answer my question. So I go to church that day, and it was uh, two Saturdays ago. I guess it has been a while. And balloon fiesta traffic is keeping my people from getting to church, and it is driving me mad and making me, I mean, angry. I'm angry. And I'm dragging barriers out of the street so that people can come to church. And then... As the week progresses, one thing happens, another one, and, I, and I'm getting frustrated, and I'm, and I'm like, man, how do I get through this? <laughs> the Lord says, I told you, perseverance builds character. Character breeds hope. Oh, okay. That's repentance. You know what repentance is? Repentance is not regret, remorse. Repentance is not clean up your act. Repentance is stop thinking about what Anthony's concerned about and get on board with what God's thinking about. Yeah. Thy will be done. <laughs> yeah. God says to me all the time, I'm not really worried about that. <laughs> Here's what I'm worried about. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Rodney Ho gave me the excellent words on, the, on repentance and and uh, forever I grew up thinking, yes, repentance was turn from your evil ways and, you know, judgment be upon you. And it's not. Repentance is not seek your heart and, and find and, and clean it out. Because guess what? My heart's always insufficient. Repentance is seek his heart and allow him to search yours. And then you can be made whole and made clean. Okay, where was I? <laughs> I will be done. Kingdom come on earth. Um, when we call heaven down, and it says right here to call heaven down to earth, kingdom come. What do we know about heaven? What do we believe about heaven? We believe that no one is sick in heaven, right? And this is literally a charge. I hate when people use the word literally, but in this case, it actually works. <laughs> this is a charge to call down healing. Healing comes from heaven. To look for miracles. Walk in expectation of miracles. Look with your kingdom eyes for miracles because they do happen. And you do have the ability to command them from Lord, the Lord, from Jesus. He gives us the authority. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Do you, do you look at people and expect to see miracles in them? Some of you have told me great miracles that have happened in your life. And some are still waiting on more. And we rely on the Lord for these miracles. I sometimes tell people, they say, how do you know that? And I say, I don't know that. I just believe it. And my beliefs are stronger than what I know. And that's called faith. And I believe in miracles. I don't know. But I continue to believe because Jesus told me to call down heaven to earth. So I'm just going to keep doing it. And I'm going to live on the miracle he gave me until he gives me another. And then I'm going to live on that one. And it'll be sufficient until I see another one. <laughs> Give us each day our daily bread. Um, verse 11. I, as much as this is a verse about meeting our physical needs. We need food. We need shelter. Um, as much as that is true, but daily bread does not mean that to me. Daily bread means I need the bread of life. 
I need fresh revelation from Jesus every day. I can't get up here and teach you guys and preach to you guys a sermon on some revelation I got two months ago because that's old stale bread and it'll cut your teeth, right? I can't witness to you. I can't live in the kingdom based on something the Lord gave me at the time uh, of the time of, of transformation in my life. I can live on that, but, but no, I have to eat fresh bread every day. It has to sustain me. When I was working 75 hour weeks, I remember I dried up. I dried up inside and I didn't fall away and I didn't backslide and I didn't turn away from God. I just wasn't as excited because I wasn't getting daily bread. Rodney told us, read your Bible and meditate on your Bible. Remember two weeks ago, every day. I'm not very good at that. Wish I was. But what I am good at is changing the number one preset in my car to Christian radio. Right? So I do that. And I just like, I just hit it. And I, I love all music. And I'm not saying only listen to Christian music. Listen to whatever you want. But if you want to get filled, if you want to eat some bread, put the Christian radio station on. Put it in your car and put it, I do the number one preset. Why? Because sometimes when I'm mad and I'm having a horrible day and I don't feel like worshiping, my finger still hits the button. Right? We go to, same, we go to certain channels on our television. Yeah, it's autopilot. And it gets me out of whatever funk I am sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I have to call a friend and I, and I have to talk about what I'm struggling with or, or, or just ask him on a scripture that I, that I, or, or just talk to him. And if you call the right people, they will feed you scripture. Um, Mark Cisneros is one of my favorite people. Mark's leaving us for a month because a challenge put in front of him, he turned into a kingdom victory. And he's gonna go start a ministry. And I know that if I need bread, I can call him. I know he'll feed me. Mark, I love you. I bless you. You matter. No one gets to question who you are. The Lord gives you your identity and you are a strong man of God. Carry that with you this month and call me. And feed me. <laughs> I, uh, my dear friend, Julia, some of you remember Julia Bowen. She was in the church for a long time. She moved to California and she's a dear friend of mine. And, and I would talk to her and call her and you say, Julia, how was your day? And Julia says, it was so awesome. <laughs> call her the next day. Julia, how was your day? It was amazing. You can call her a week later. Julia, how's your week? It's been incredible. <laughs> and I loved calling her because that's what she would say to me all the time. It was amazing. It was incredible. And I, and I was, okay, what, 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 what was so amazing about your day? Oh, I don't know. I, I took a walk and uh, I read my Bible and then I did some work. And then I took a nap. <laughs> it's like, okay, the next day, what was so incredible about, oh, I just, I, I just worshiped and, and the Lord healed me. And, and then the next week, what, what, uh, what was so incredible? What was so amazing about your awesome day? She would be like, oh, you know, I, I just talked to the Lord and he healed me. And he, a week later, he healed me. And, and after a while, I'm like, how much healing does one person need? <laughs> Every time I talk to you, you tell me the Lord healed you today. But the answer is infinite. Until we are made whole. And I realized after a while is that, that her mentality and why I was so drawn to her is because every day she spent, carved out intentional time to be with the Lord on her hike or in her worship or in the word. Every day she ate fresh bread and every day she sowed positivity and love into my heart and she breathed life into me. And I would say, I finally said to her, I would, I, well, I would always, first of all, I'd always tell her she's crazy. I'm like, you are the craziest lady I've ever met. 
But I finally said, I realize why you are the way you are. And it's because you get this fresh bread and you eat every day. And she said, Anthony, it's not what I eat. It's what I breathe. It's every breath I take. And I think about that. And I think when the Lord created the earth, he spoke everything to ex- in existence until he created man. And then he breathed on man. We are, our souls are his breath. And (laughs) I have to tell this again because it makes me laugh, but my parents had a little help with bringing me into this world too. And (laughs) and my dad, my dad likes to say to me, and I just, this is just a fun story. It's a little off track, but my dad likes to say to me, son, I brought you into this world and I can take you out. (laughs) And little did he know the prophecy that he was declaring over my life all growing up is because he did protect me from this world. And he did take me out of this world and into a kingdom. And he dedicated his life to teaching me how to do it. And I'm telling you, I can take you out of this world and into a kingdom. I can do it. I will do it. I will stand by you. And so, (laughs) anyway, I talked to Julia the other day and she said, she said, I don't really like that you call me crazy. I looked it up. It means deranged. (laughs) And I don't receive that. And so I had to text her back. I had to text her and say, let's see, where is it? (laughs) Have you ever read the second definition of crazy. It means extremely enthusiastic. Synonyms are passionate about, keen on, enamored of, infatuated with, smitten with, devoted to. And I said, I love your crazy view on life. And I love how crazy you are for the Lord. And I love that you drive me crazy. (laughs) Fresh bread, fresh bread. Verse 12, forgive us our debts as we forgive those in debt to us. Those words are congruent. And that's that statement. Forgive as we forgive. Don't forgive me and then maybe help me forgive. Don't forgive me and then I'm good, but everyone else, you judge them. The very next line in this text, the next verse is after the prayer after we get to verse 14 and it says, for if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your father will not forgive your transgressions. Jesus, Jesus brought it harsh sometimes, didn't he? And I'm not here to tell you about the judgment of God. That's not my, that's not my job. You can read the text and you can decipher for yourself what it says. But what I am here to tell you is that if you want this breakthrough, this breakthrough that, we've, uh, that we're talking about, this breakthrough, this to me is such a key piece. Forgiveness in your heart. We have to live with clean heart. Remember, so last week, my mom name-dropped Bill Johnson. Did you hear that? I was talking to my friend, Bill Johnson. (laughs) So you remember when my house guest, John Arnett, was here? (laughs) The first thing he taught us was forgiveness. You think that guy knows a little bit about breakthrough? That was the first thing. I pay attention to these types of things and I write them all down and I journal them all. He taught us about breakthrough. And he taught us about forgiveness. And so I'm telling you, I'm not gonna stand here and ask you to do anything I haven't ever done myself, okay? But this is important. And this is important to me. I can stand here and say that I have no unforgiveness in my heart. And yes, it's easy for me 
because not that many people have harmed me. So it is easy for me to stand up here and say, I've forgiven everyone. But because, because we're strong in ourselves like that as Christians, right? But don't harm someone that I love. Harm someone that I love and then let's talk about forgiveness, right? Because so often we value others and we value our family and those closest to us even more than we value ourselves because we do give our lives away. And so had someone from my past who had hurt someone that I dearly loved and I knew him and I knew where to find him. Not that I ever was looking for him, but I liked the, him and I liked to hang out at the same places and in the world. <laughs> and I would go and he would be, I would go to the, the dance hall that I like to dance at and he would be there. And he would approach me and he would try to buy me a beer. And this is when I was drinking and I would refuse and I would, and I would, treat him with such disdain and disrespect and I would walk away from him. And when the Lord opened my kingdom eyes, I knew I was gonna see him again and I, and I went back to the same place and I knew that I had to, to have the forgiveness in my heart. But when, you look, when I look at him through kingdom eyes, I don't look at someone who is evil and I don't look at him as this person who hurts someone I love, I look at him as someone who is broken and needs breakthrough. And there's compassion in my heart. Now I don't speak life to him and I certainly don't walk up and say, I forgive you. Don't do that to people in the world. Forgive them in your heart. Deal with it with God. But don't, don't go to someone and say, I forgive you because that's not forgiveness. That's just picking a fight. But but I, I, I speak life to him. I don't encourage him. I don't tell him that he's wonderful. I just talk about how good my life is in the Lord. And then I actually needed a favor from someone and I didn't know the person personally that I wanted the favor from and he did and he arranged the introduction. So who's walking in kingdom life? The guy trying to buy you a beer, trying to introduce you to the people that can help you? or the guy who doesn't want anything to do, which one of us was being a Christian. And, you know, I go back to my friend and I say, yeah, I saw that person that hurt you. And my friend says, we don't talk to him. And I said, no, I, I talked to him. And she says, no, we don't talk to him. And I said, that's not my gospel. My job is to go in the world and be the one that tells you. If I don't talk to you, no one will, maybe. And so I walk in forgiveness and you say to me, you say, Anthony, you don't understand. You don't understand this person is ruining my life. I can't forgive them, they've ruined my life. And I say, I know you, you told me who you are. I know you're a Christian, you died for Christ. It's not your life to ruin. You gave that life away to Jesus. It can't be ruined. They tried to ruin his life. How did that work out? Amen. And when they put Jesus up on the cross and they had ruined his life and what did Jesus say? Father, forgive them. So maybe you can't forgive. Maybe you just have to go to the Father. Yeah. Say, Father, forgive them. Because it is, forgiveness is a miracle from God. But I live in a kingdom life, heaven on earth, so I expect miracles. I look for them. I see Jesus everywhere. I so desperately want this breakthrough, but it's not some corporate thing that I want to be a part of. It's 
a change in the lives of the people that I love most, my family. It's the breakthrough that is within you that I want to see and I yearn for it and I pray for it and I fight for it and I'll fight for you and I'll stand with you and I'll carry you. I promise. Verse 13, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I don't understand fully, and I've talked to people about asking God not to lead me into temptation because we do know that, a lot, that God allows us to be tempted. Even Jesus went into the wilderness and was tempted. I know that if you eat daily bread, you will have what it takes in your life to fight off the temptation. I know that all thoughts are spiritual. Which thoughts get to make a nest inside you? Think about what you're thinking about. What gets in there? So this week, my dad says you're preaching. And I'm like, yeah, okay, because I'm a son. And the son waits his turn and then says yes. And so I'm ready. And then my dad is just going to leave town and leave me in a big empty house to fight with the devil for a week. (laughs) Because the devil knows what I'm up to. He knows who I am. He knows my name. And he's afraid of me. And so he attacks me. And he tries to tell me, Anthony, Your voice doesn't matter. Anthony, you're not going to do this. Anthony, just call your dad and ask him to do it. He'll let you. He'll take it from you. You don't have to do this. He wants to silence my voice. He wants to tempt me with the way out. And I tell you, I spent this whole week wrestling with the evil one. And I couldn't get out of bed a lot of the days of this week. Not because I was depressed necessarily, but just because he, he was holding me down. And I knew what was happening. I'm fully aware. I'm aware that he's aware of what I'm up to and that he's intentionally trying to take me out. And still, I'm like trapped in my bed. I wake up at not, And I, if you know me, I don't have a problem getting up early and hitting life full, just full speed. But I would wake up at like nine this week. Oh, I just sleep for like 10 more minutes. The next thing I know, it's noon. And I knew the enemy was in. And any one of you who knows my story knows that I, I used to be an alcoholic and I'm not ashamed of where I came from, but I still know that the enemy knows that he can tell me, you could just drink and you can just numb yourself. And when, and when you numb yourself, you don't have to fight because you don't care to fight. I wasn't going to live there and I wasn't going to listen to those temptations. And so I sought my brothers. I sought the youth. I, I had people at my house. I went to my sister's house. Thank you. Her house is always open to me. Family, she always opens her doors and always speaks life into me. And I sought people and I sought the Lord. And I fought and I wrestled. And I stood up to every attack. I stood up to the test. I'm telling you, I'm not asking you to do things I can't do and I haven't done. And continue, continually the Lord blessed me. If you have nothing else, he's enough, but you don't have nothing else. You have a family. And Friday night, I laid down fully prepared for my sermon, fully ready. And I went to bed and I had this amazing dream. <laughs> it's the greatest dream I think I've ever had. I was parked in a, in a big armored vehicle deep in enemy territory. And I didn't even know, the enemies had no idea who I was in this dream. And I was just sitting there gloating 
about who I was. And then the enemy came and attacked. And I had this huge gun and just fired it into the abyss. And as I fired it, this wind swept all the enemies away from me. And then the next thing I remember from the dream is I'm running, I'm so far behind enemy lines and I'm running away and I'm running and artillery shells are going off and I jump over this huge hill and there's all my allies laying in there. I'm pretty sure Ethan and Adam were there. And they're firing back and I jump over the hill and I just lay down and just throw my cover over and, and let the battle be fought for me. And, and then the last part of my dream, I was, I was in a room just completely surrounded I had these knives and I started throwing these knives at, at the enemy and the enemy just turned into brittle panes of colored glass and every knife I threw just shattered the glass. I woke up and the Lord said, that's it, you ready? Go feed my sheep. So if I could have someone from the worship team come up and ask you guys to stand with me. And if I could ask you guys to recite this prayer along with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those who debt to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. You gotta leave them wanting more. <laughs> oh, I ask you guys. I ask you guys, is this what you want? Do you want breakthrough? Do you wanna come with me? If you do, if you want this breakthrough and you're willing to let God break you, come. Come up to the front and let us pray for you. If there's unforgiveness in your heart and you want to settle it, come. Come, let us pray for you. If there is any sort of temptation that you need to fight with, come. Unfulfilled promises that you know to be true and you believe, but you don't exactly know because you haven't seen them yet, come. Come and let someone pray for you today because I just believe that Prayer is the most important part of our Christian walk. We pray, we pray, we pray. We pray for one another, we pray for each other.